listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And what a month October is going to be for Chicagoland Independent Wrestling and in the Midwest as well. It's already been crazy for me. This past weekend, I was over at SSW and Sports and Signings Face Your Fears up at the Bratstop in Kenosha. Really fun show. Great night of entertainment. Six matches that were really, really good. Great crowd. Over 500 paid in attendance. They pulled a nice crowd. The main event is something we'll talk about. And we'll get into that in just a few minutes here on Windy City Slam Podcast. This week, coming up just a little bit later on in the show, special guest for the very first time ever on Windy City Slam Podcast was a guy that was part of that SSW show this past Saturday night, and a guy who was a big part of this weekend's Berwyn Championship Wrestling Show. It's Shogun Chris Logan. So very excited to talk to Chris for the first time here on the show. Now let's get into some news items. On the national scene, I'm just going to uh, hit a couple of real quick points before we get to locals. And it's all local related on the national scene. Last week's NXT episode, Cora Jade defeats Frankie Monet, the former Taya Valkyrie, with a roll-up. And this is kind of a big deal for Cora Jade. This is her first real spotlight match on NXT. She gets the win. Her and boyfriend... Trey Baxter celebrate afterwards. So happy for Cora Jade. She's got a huge upside, and hopefully this is just the beginning for her. And also, former POW Entertainment star Joey Ariola debuted his Tony D'Angelo character in the ring. And he also won his first match. And wow, the fans were really behind Tony's character. And like, holy cow, this is awesome. He looks great in the ring. He plays the character so well to a T. The old Sopranos, Al Capone type gangster deal. And the people loved it. They just gravitated to it. And so very glad for both Cora Jade and Tony D'Angelo representing Chicago down at NXT. Speaking of representing Chicago, last Friday night in AEW Rampage, Chicago Sky Blue faced Jade Cargill. And of course, Cargill won in dominant fashion. It was a squash. As you would expect from AEW, who's pushing Cargill to the moon, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm the biggest Jade Cargill fan or not. They see a lot in her, obviously. She reminds a lot of people of China. I mean, I don't know if she has that it factor that China had or not. But I guess we'll see from there. But Sky Blue, hopefully, will get more opportunities with AEW down the line. And congrats to Sky for getting some really, really good exposure, even though it probably wasn't the best type of exposure for her on national TV. But way to go, Sky Blue, for being on national television and representing Chicago as well. Turning to the local scene, 
Pow Entertainment, we'll talk about them first. Friday Night Lights, October the 8th at Teawood Bar and Grill in Wooddale. And a quick recap of that show, Trainwrecker won the Battle Royal. Then Trog the Caveman defeated Axel Abreu. Mason Perks defeats Jimmy Blaze with the help of Gazile. And after that match, Blaze came out, asked for one more match against Mason, and Perks chose the stipulation. It's going to be a street fight, and if Blaze loses the match, and this match is going to be taking place on November the 12th, Blaze says he will retire. So this feud has been going on since the summer where they had the event outside July the 3rd in Bridgeview. It's built and built and built, some back and forth. Now it's going to come to a culmination next month. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. Then we turn to JPH and Scott Spade. That went to a double countout. Mateo Valentine defeats Cody James, and that's becoming a nice feud in Power Entertainment for the Friday Night Lights brand. They're going to have a two out of three fall match next month. And then we had Meat Hooks O'Bannon defeating Kazal in the pub crawl. And the Ripper's Room segment was interrupted, and this is big news for Power Entertainment, was interrupted by an SCW invasion, including JPH, Hunter Payne, and sharpshooter James Creed. And this could be an interesting little interplay here between the two promotions as SCW, Southland Championship Wrestling, invades POW Entertainment. So stay tuned for more on that. And now the big show that I was at this past Saturday night, Face Your Fears, SSW, and Sports and Signings. Like I said, approximately 500 fans paid. The main event, the Faces of Fear, Ming slash Haku, and the Barbarian, they defeat the Express of Ryan Cross and Dr. Jeff Luxon to win the SSW Tag Team Championships when Ming pinned Luxon with the Tongan Death Grip. So yes, they're 62 and 63 years old, but they can still kick somebody's ass in there, especially Ming. And now Ming and the Barbarian are SSW Tag Team Champions. Running down the rest of the show, Jordan Cross, who came out with legendary Chicagoland wrestling figure from the LWF, Billy Wack in his corner. He defeats Jay Bradley with a code breaker following a little bit of outside help from Cal Hero. Now, this is where Frank the Clown was supposed to be involved, but I guess there were some travel issues. He did not make the show, but as they say, card is subject to change. But I don't think this Frank the Clown and Jordan Cross thing is over yet by a long shot. So interesting to see there what will happen. But huge victory for Jordan Cross. And Joe Doring, a Gurney native, he defeats Ice Pick Vic Capri in an absolute killer of a match. Hard hitting. These guys are so tough. I know Joe Doring towers over Vic Capri, but Vic took it to Joe. Great psychology going after the leg, trying to get the big guy, wear him down. Excellent match. Joe Doring gets the Duke. Salem Crane and the Brothers of Funstruction, Ruffo and Yabo, they defeat the triumvirate of Shogun Chris Logan, TW3, and Drew Hernandez. Then it was the Fanny Pack Party of Cal Hero and Dustin Jackson. They defeat Marche Rocket and the veteran Dave Rydell in a fun tag team match. And in the opener, it was a three-way elimination style match. Mikey Wild outlasts Kodiak Jake Baker and Skyler Reed. 
Like I said, great time at SSW. Face your fears. Stay tuned to WindyCitySlam.com. We're going to have a full recap there, plus a photo gallery, and a lot of great coverage coming up this month from several of the events I will be attending. Now let's get to what's coming up this weekend. Warrior Wrestling Sweet 16, Saturday night, October the 16th at Marion Catholic High School in Chicago Heights. And here is the card. Trey Miguel defends the Warrior Wrestling Championship against Jonathan Gresham in what should be an excellent technical style match. Then we have Aramis defending the Warrior Wrestling Lucha Libre Championship against Ray Ortiz and Gringo Loco. Also, Buddy Matthews, formerly Buddy Murphy in WWE, takes on rising star Chandler Hopkins, which should be possibly the sleeper match of the night. In another really exciting match, it's going to be Davey Richards against Ace Austin. Alex Shelley faces the up-and-coming Casey Navarro. And now this year in Warrior Wrestling, Casey Navarro has been on the up and he's got that warrior wrestling contenders medallion he can cash in for a championship match so i don't know if that's something he can cash in on this show you never know we'll see but casey navarro is definitely getting some solid push in warrior wrestling then we have a match i'm really looking forward to at two hosses the awesome athletic ability of moose and the veteran Sam Adonis. Now, this is going to be a terrific knockdown dragout fight. Another match I'm really looking forward to, the young ROH Women's Champion, the first ever Ring of Honor Women's Champion, Roxy, coming to Warrior Wrestling, defending the championship against first-time Warrior Wrestling competitor, Lainey Luck, and I'm just so happy for Lainey. She's putting the dues down in Texas and in Missouri and in the Chicago scene over the last few years with Zello Pro and Freelance and Freelance Underground and places like that. And now Lainey is getting a shot at Warrior Wrestling. I am just so happy for her. She's taking on Roxy, and this is going to be a terrific match. Speaking of matches that's really going to be terrific, Josh Alexander. Calvin Tankman. Book it. That's going to be awesome as well. Then we have a mixed tag match. Yokai, that's Yoya and Janai Kai, against Pretty Proper, that's Lady Frost and Victor Benjamin, who we saw at a previous Warrior Wrestling show and were really, really good in their individual matches. Now they're teaming up in this mixed tag. And in a great tag team match, a, a combination that was kind of formed out of respect at the last Warrior Wrestling show. Beastman and Warhorse are teaming up after being opponents. They're taking on Dan the Dad and KLD. Now, during Warrior Wrestling Sweet 16, this is going to be an epic event, a three-hour meet-and-greet event starting at 4.30 it's a celebration of Warrior Wrestling. WWE Hall of Famer Brett the Hitman Hart will be the special VIP guest during this fan fest. And during the fan fest, there'll be meet and greets with all the wrestlers on the card, vendors, and even live matches. So the pre-show matches will be exclusive to fan fest. And here are the matches announced for the pre-show. Will Allday against Mark Wheeler. 
Trevor Outlaw against Jordan Cross. Two young up-and-comers that have really shown a lot of stuff, and this is going to be an interesting match. And then a women's match as well that I'm very excited about, Blair Onyx against Tootie Lynn. One more note before I move on. Check out this week's Pro Wrestling Enforcer podcast, where host Sean Lennon and yours truly go in-depth on the card for Warrior Wrestling this weekend. So check that out wherever you download podcasts. Pro Wrestling Enforcer. Two more events of note for this weekend, and I'm very excited about both of these as well, because both these companies kill it pretty much every time they go out there. Chicago Style Wrestling presents Chicago Style Halloween, and that's Friday night, October the 15th, at the American Legion in Franklin Park. CSW Champion Brubaker, CJ Esparza, CSW Metro Division Champion Hades X1X, CSW Women's Champion Heather Reckless, Vic Capri, Marche Rocket, Joey Jet Avalon, Sierra, Blanco Loco, Dream Girl Ellie, and so much more have already been announced for that show. Very exciting card coming up for CSW. And also, Berwin Championship Wrestling, and we'll get into a little bit with this with Chris Shogun Logan in a few minutes. The event is called Fright Night's Quest for the Championship, and that's Saturday night, October the 16th, at the Berwin Eagles Club. And just announced shortly before I recorded this intro, the main event will be a women's match between Missa Kate, Dream Girl Ellie, and Heather Reckless. So this is a terrific deal for Berwin Championship Wrestling. It's the first time a women's match has been a main event on one of their shows, and it's going to kill it. I like all three of these competitors, and it's just going to knock it out of the park. Shogun Chris Logan takes on Chico Suave in a contenders match, and eventually they're going to be crowning a new BCW champ, and those two are in the hunt for that. Plus, we have veteran ice pick Vic Capri taking on the Chicago Bear Hug Steve Michaels. That should be an awesome match as well. Great clash of styles with the size. I totally expect Vic Capri to go after the legs of Steve Michaels like he did to Joe Doring this past weekend. So, Steve, if you're listening, that might be what Vic does. Got to be careful there. And Vic, I apologize if you're listening, if I'm giving away your strategy, my friend. Plus, we have Darius Luttrell taking on Ryan Matthews in a battle of two young up-and-comers. Then we have Yakuza against Super Chaos. The N-Words in tag team action against the Next Level Soldiers. August Matthews versus Blanco Loco. And then there's the N-Word Invitational Scramble featuring Vinny Scarpone. Saban Gage, Angel Escalera, Mike Strong, Aaron Stone, and Just Amazing. So Saturday Night in Berwyn is going to be electric. That should be a fun show as well. All right, in mere moments, we're going to be welcoming in Shogun Chris Logan. Stay tuned. Check out WindyCitySlam.com for news, analysis, photo galleries, and links for Chicago and independent wrestling plus stories on the big boys such as AEW, WWE, and Impact Wrestling. Also, while you're there, catch up on the latest episodes of Windy City Slam Podcast. All right.
right, we are back here on Windy City Slam podcast. So very excited this week to have a local Chicago veteran independent star. He's a Chicago police officer. He's the current Chicagoland Championship Wrestling Champion. Plus, he's been a former champion for promotions such as Rocket Pro Wrestling, Berwyn Championship Wrestling, SSW, and Pro Wrestling Blitz. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for the very first time on Windy City Slam, the Shogun, Chris Logan. Shogun, how you doing? As you can tell, I'm actually doing very well. So, uh, no complaints. I got my cigar, got my whiskey, and I am ready to do a podcast. Awesome. Thank you for joining us this week. So, um, let's get a little bit into the fact that you are a Chicago police officer and what that means to you. Uh, means a lot. I have, uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned plenty of times, I'm very proud to be a Chicago police officer. Uh, been doing it for 13 years now. A uh, little quick backstory, the reason I became police officer because my grandfather, grandfather thought I could be, because of my personality, he thought I could be a good guy. Oh, a good police officer. And this I'm thinking, and at first I didn't want to be a police officer. And he said, well, why don't you want to be a police officer? Well, I said, well, nobody likes the police. They are jerks. You know, they, they abuse their power and such, such, such. And my grandfather goes, okay. He said, uh, have you ever been stopped for no reason? I said, no. And I am like 21, 22 at the time. Then he goes, well, have you ever been pulled over for no reason? I said, well, the only time I've ever been pulled over, I did something really stupid. Okay, then why are you going off of other people's opinion? I was like, wow. you know, I really didn't think about it. You know, young, young, young and stupid, you know? And he said, be the change. And it was like one of those corny comic moments. I said, Grandpa, not one person can make a difference like that. He said, yes, one person can make a difference. Be the change. Become a police officer and be that change. If you feel that this is happening, do something about it. And it's funny, he said that. So. I worked in all kinds of uh, units from gang attack to uh, saturation. Now I am a instructor at the police academy where I teach in-service police officers in uh, procedural justice, implicit bias, uh, use of force and uh, fourth amendment rights. And it's funny how it's kind of made that full circle to what I'm doing now, what my mm-hmm. grandfather said. So I am, in my own way, making a difference uh, and being a change in the department. Has there ever been a time in a professional wrestling environment, like at a show, maybe a fan got a little too drunk, a little crazy, kind of took liberties and maybe trying to reach out or take a swing at somebody, and you had to actually step in and use some of those police skills to kind of combat that? Honestly, that hasn't happened there was one time I was in a show down in Wood River, which is a suburb of St. Louis, uh, MECW, Metro East Championship Wrestling. Uh, uh, love those guys down there. Uh, Matt, uh, Sean, my best friend, uh, Eric Allen. Uh, they brought me down there and I was doing my thing down there. And it was one of the anniversary shows. And show was over with, we're putting up the ring. And all of a sudden I hear somebody, Chris, Chris, get up here. So I run upstairs and I'm like, what? what's going on, dude? Some some guy is beating up his girlfriend in a car oh, outside of the arena. 
And I, I walk outside and I see this person just welling on this woman. And I'm like, and the window's down to the car. And I say, hey, if you want to hit somebody, you can hit me. And the person jumps out the car and she's like, I'm a woman. And I'm like, oh, you know, she was, she was a woman, but male presenting. And I was like, oh, my bad. And then, you know, the girl jumped out the car and she's like, please, please don't hurt her. And I'm like, no, you know. And she, the, the woman, she jumps back in the car, she drives off. I, don't know, I, I get in contact with the police, whose police station is right next door to the arena. Because oh, it's a very, very, very small town. And of course, they found the car. And, you know, I don't know what happened after that. But yeah, it was that was the only time I've ever had to really use like police powers at, at wrestling. Crazy. <laughs> so this weekend, let's talk about this since this is coming up. Berwyn Championship Wrestling is back for their second show since their return from the pandemic break. The show is called Fright Night's Quest for the Championship, and it's at the venerable Berwyn Eagles Club, Saturday night, October the 16th. Bell time is 7 p.m., and on this particular show, Shogun, you're facing the lovable and popular Chico Suave, and I believe, if I'm reading this correctly, it's for a chance potentially to face Vic Capri for the title? Yes. You were a champion over at BCW before, and I guess since they came back, they kind of wiped the slate clean of all the championships. So what would winning not only this match against Chico and then maybe potentially beating Vic down the line too to become the champion again, what would that do for you? Establish why I'm the best in BCW. Being a champion at BCW meant a lot to me. For one, the crowd. I mean, the crowd at BCW is just amazing. The last show that we had, you know, it's been a, it was a year and a half. I mean, I haven't been there in a long time. When my music hit, I went out and the fan reaction, you know, and I like right now I'm getting chills thinking about it. I got chills from the excitement. I can feel it. And it just wasn't just for me. It was just for all the wrestlers, you know, every wrestler that went out there got a good cheer. But for some reason, that cheer they gave me made me feel a certain type of way. And it motivated me to want to be back on top at BCW. So when we talk about Chico, I like the kid. I do. He, he's going to be something special. I think you guys need to take a step back, look at some of this work and really take it in, take it all in. Because Chico, he, he has the potential to be something you know, on the indie scene. Uh, he, what, for, what he lacks in size, he makes up in personality and skill. And I think that his personality is very strong. And I think his personality is going to outweigh a lot of guys at BCW. And that's why I enjoy while watching Chico. He just has this, he has a natural charisma that you can't teach. And it's, it's really cool to see that, especially out of these kids coming up. And what I see out of Chico is that. And so that's why when I got the phone call that, or the text message, I'm sorry, he got the phone call, I got the text message, that I was going to be the number two entrance and it's going to be me and Chico, I was excited. And the reason I was excited was because I get to work with a younger talent and I, got, I get to work somebody different and new. You know, I've worked Vic Capri. I mean, Vic Capri is a brother of mine. I, I consider Vic Capri, right? If Vic right now called me and said, hey, Chris, I need you for something. I'll, I'll stop this podcast. We have to redo it over. Mm-hmm. I'll be back. Uh, Vic is one of those guys that, you know, I mean, vet. 
I mean, and he's not just just a vet, he's a mentor. You can go to him and ask him about anything. Vic, I mean, in the ring, he's intense. He has this intensity. And he is a guy that you just pretty much don't want to mess with when you're in the ring. But outside the ring, he's one of those lovable guys that you can go up and talk to and and get information and and ask, like, what can I do different in the ring? And he loves to help out. Uh, To be able to have the chance to go against Vic again would mean a lot to me. Why? Because, one, we haven't wrestled in probably two years. Last time me and him wrestled, we we beat the hell out of each other for 25 minutes. And I'm not talking about, you know, spot-wise. We beat each other literally to almost a point, to a point where we were both laying down in the middle of the ring and we just could not move because we were just so tired and exhausted from the beating we are giving each other. And that's what I love about Vic. I can get in the ring with Vic and have those type of matches where it's just intense and we can beat each other all day to a point where it's like, all right, where do we go from here? And so wrestling Vic is going to, to me, mean so much to me because I need another chance against Vic in the ring because last time he beat me. And I feel like I have to redeem myself. Yeah, it, BCW, you kind of mentioned it, that you're facing some new faces as well with Chico coming in. What I really liked about the last BCW show was there were a lot of veterans, like a lot of you guys that used to work together in Blitz and, and then also in BCW, but also a lot of young guys coming from freelance and Chicago-style wrestling. Uh, guys like Darius Luttrell, who you wrestled at the last show. And this is a guy I've seen kind of come up the last couple of years, and he's really kind of coming into his own. He's embracing that he's a big guy. He's taking advantage of the size. He's doing big man moves and stuff like that. He's not trying to do stuff that he's not, you know, accustomed for like doing small guy moves. What do you think of Darius and how did you think that match went? Darius is another talent uh, that he is going to be, well, of course he's a big guy, so excuse the phone. He's going to be, he's going to be something big. He has some things to refine. I mean, all of us, like to me, I still have, I, I watch myself in the ring. And I'm like, man, I could have did this better. Oh, I could have did this better. I could have did this kick better. I could have did this suplex better. So we all have something to refine, you know. And when it comes to Darius, he is going to be the, another big guy that's going to go somewhere. Why? Not because of his, you know, he's tall. He has a presence in the ring. He actually has a good moveset and skills. Uh, of course, he kind of went viral with the with the spine bus. I, I was impressed by that. That's the first thing I said to him uh, as we were, uh, you know, talking to each other. I was like, you know, he came up to me, we started talking. I said, yeah, I saw your video. And I said, I was impressed, you know, but you're about to get in the ring with me. And we went out there and had a, a, a good match. And he showed me some things. He showed me that he's able to, you know, hand, stay with the vets of wrestling. And that's what I enjoyed about him. So besides Chico, Darius is somebody you definitely need to watch out for because if he refines the little things here and there and really embraces big man, ain't no stop. I absolutely agree. That's a great, uh, great point on your part. So now, how long have you been doing this, the wrestling? Uh, and from some research, I saw some of your earliest matches were in the final years of Windy City Wrestling. Oh, oh, oh you went back, back. Yeah, I started uh, 12 years ago. Uh, funny story, I'm working 
in the fourth district on the southeast side of Chicago. I'm in my my fourth week of policing. And I'm on days and I'm working with a police officer. He was my field training officer at the day, just for the day. And we started driving around and I, and I remember, you know, some clicks went in my brain. When I was a kid, I remember watching Windy City Pro Wrestling commercials on channel 25, cable access channels. Yep. And I remember, I remember the commercial and I, and I remember how, you know, internet started taking off and I remember looking at the internet and I remember going on the website and I remember that, yo, the, the, the wrestling, the wrestling facility is in the area I'm working at right now. So I, I made, I made a, a, you know, I said something about, you know, do you know what Windy City Pro Wrestling is? You know, I saw the training facilities over here and the guy I was working with was like, yeah, I know Sam personally. I know the guy who does his training. Let me take you over there. I'm like, yeah. So we went down on lunch. We went over there and I met Sam Macero, who was pretty much the godfather of professional wrestling. I know you've probably heard that many a time doing your podcast. And we started talking and he's like, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I've been doing martial arts since I was a kid. I mean, I'm from 13 all the way up to at that time I was 25. And I said to him, I've always wanted to learn the art of professional wrestling. To me, professional wrestling is a martial art. You know, the moves that we can do, that we do in it, can seriously hurt a person. So I've always saw it as an art because you're expressing yourself, you're expressing your character, you're expressing who you are. And that's what martial arts is. So we did some talking and he said, come on down for training. And here I am, 12 years later, about to be 13 in January. So the martial arts aspect was really what kind of drew you in, like, you know, kind of integrating that into the wrestling style and entertainment of pro wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, since I was a kid, you know, watching Kung Fu movies, Saturday, sun, sun, was Samurai Sunday ah. on Channel 66 before mm-hmm. it became Univision, uh, renting videos from Blockbuster. Yeah, I said Blockbuster. To when I got older, I started buying my own DVDs, Jackie Chan to, you know, John claude Van Damme, Steven Seagal to, you know, all uh, all these big action guys. And my, one of my favorite movies of all time to this day is Blade. And I remember being a kid, I could not leave my house until I watched the very first scene of Blade, where he went into that club, put that sword on the ground and, and slid in the maiden line. And I kind of take that into my character, you know, when I, when I, when I'm in that ring, I kind of like, I have this line in my head that if you cross it, you're mine. And I kind of take that attitude everywhere I go, actually in life, period, you know, as, as just a person, you know, when I first started professional wrestling, I used to get a lot of people that said, but not a lot, you know, I had some of the vets claim that I was a little too cocky, a little too arrogant. And it wasn't, I was cocky and arrogant. I was just confident in what I can do and who I am myself. And they mistaken that for confidence, for arrogance. And there's some other undertones in there, but that's another podcast in itself. So I carry that to, to this day. And I, and I think that's why that has helped me be so success, successful and professional. That's awesome. Uh, talking about Samurai Sunday, I remember seeing the commercials for all that stuff. That That's a lot of fun. And you mentioned the, the opening of Blade. Uh, my wife and I actually just, we saw that like on one of the streaming services and she just was like, let's just watch the first 15 minutes, not the whole movie, but just the first 15 minutes. And that definitely uh, kind of pumps the blood up a little bit for sure. It does. It does. <laughs> so uh, speaking of beating the hell out of somebody, like you were talking about with Vic Capri, 
you and Marche Rocket did just that at Rocket Pro Wrestling a couple weeks ago. It was a last ride match. At matches were everywhere in the building, including the bar. You actually had a cold one during the match, which I thought was hilarious. And then you guys fought outside. Marche used a illegal wrench out there and put you in the hearse and that all got crazy at the end there. But what was it like to fight in that type of crazy match? You, you think you're prepared mentally for something like that physically, but you're not. Marche all day, Rocky. What can I say about what, what can I say that hasn't been said about Marche? Marche is Marche is the Will Smith professional wrestler. He's done it all. And when I, when I knew I was going to do this match with him, when they first approached me, like, hey, to, to send this match off, you guys have been really going at it. We're going to make it a last ride match. First, I, first thing that went to my head was, excuse me? Last what? Because the only company that's ever done it was WWE. It's only been two last ride matches in the history of professional wrestling before us. So I was kind of hesitant. Can we can we get on that level of of professionalism and, and, and entertainment and athleticism? We went out there and we killed each other. If you get a chance, please, everyone, go out there, pull up YouTube, Rocket Pro Wrestling, type in Marche versus Shogun Last Ride match. Personally, I'm not I'm I'm the biggest critic of Matt, my matches because I always expect to do something. But this one, I can definitely say that I was proud to be in that type of match. I didn't come out on top. Things happen. You know, excuse the pun, but he threw a wrench in my plans. And he came out on top. It happens. But all great champions have fallen once, twice, even three times. Muhammad Ali, he fell to some of the best boxers in boxing history but what did he do did he go home and, and say i quit and i cried no he got up he trained harder he came back and won and he won that championship three times so those are the kind of attitudes i take with myself when things like that happen to me do i fall down and go into a corner and cry and cuddle with my dog say i'm never doing this again or do i get up get up early than i did the day previous do i go to the gym or do i do different things in the gym do I go to practice? Do I work on different moves that I've never done before? That's what makes a champion. So when those things happen to me, it doesn't put me down. All it does is make me a better person because I become a better, stronger, faster, and smarter person when it comes to wrestling. So with Rocket Pro now, um, Marche is moving on to face Grin at the next show on November 6th. But in the back of your mind, you're just thinking like, okay, see what happens here. And are you going to go ahead and try to face whoever the champion is after that? Is that your next move? Right now, I'm taking a step back. And what I mean by taking a step back, not because I want to, like I said, tuck my tail and run. I'm taking a step back to re-energize, to make myself a better person when it comes to wrestling. Because obviously, I let my guard down. I let my guard down for a reason. Because obviously, there's something here that I need to fix. So right now, let Grin, 
let Marche do their thing. Let me take on a couple matches, get my skills together, and then we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, if it ends up being grin, there's probably a lot of mind games and tricks there. And obviously, with what we saw from Marche during this crazy last ride match with some of the tactics he kind of um, employed in that one, you might have to kind of re-kind of think of what you want to do to, uh, to beat Marche this time around if you get to meet him again in the coming weeks or months. Marche, not worried. Why? I wrestle Marche. Let me take this. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me go back. I'm not saying I'm not worried about Marche because Marche, he can have some tricks up his sleeves. So he's a vet. He's been everywhere. He's been all, he's literally been all over the world. So I wouldn't say I'm worried about him. I would say that next time I'll be ready. When it comes to Grin, I, I, I just can't, I don't know how to read him. He's always smiling. I can, I can read a person that's always smiling. I mean, about everything. I've, I've seen this guy take a chair shot to the head and smile. I've seen him fall off a ladder into a table and he's still smiling. So those are the things that I have to think about. Like, why is this guy smiling all the time? And what do I have to do to turn that smile upside down? So those are the things that I'm thinking about. Also, you made a return to SSW in their first show in like 19 months or 20 months or whatever. It's been a long time, maybe closer to two years. Now, you teamed up with TW3 and Drew Hernandez, and you guys wrestled against the Dark Carnival team of Salem Crane and the Brothers of Frustruction. And obviously, the brothers, you probably have known them for a while, uh, Ruffo and Yabo. They've been doing this for quite a few years as well. So what was it like to come back to SSW in that environment? Felt good. I miss Kenosha. I miss the broth stop. I miss having my, my prime rib from a match. Uh, miss with miss talking with some of the guys in the back. So those nostalgic feelings came back from, uh, you know, when I first got into SSW. And it, I wouldn't say it was a fluke, but the way I got into SSW was because of mutual uh, likes of the owner and uh, Booker and to get to know people. Uh, we all found out we had a lot of common. So because of that, you know, it's great to be around that group of people because everybody's pretty much like-minded and it's pretty easy in the back. So to go out there in front of that crowd, uh, felt great again. Uh, but the only thing that was going through my mind was I want SSW for more shows and I want a chance to get my title back because I never had a chance to defend my title because of my job. My job said, Hey, we need you here. You can't go there. You can't wrestle. And that hurt me. That hurt to relinquish my title because you do not understand how much I wanted the SSW title. I still remember the first time I ever saw the SSW title when I got to SSW. And it was sitting on the table. And I think Marche was champion at the time. And, you know, I was looking at it and somebody was like, want to hold it? I'm like, no. And that's everywhere I've, been, I've ever been. Any, any titles that I've, I've ever gone after, I never touch. I don't want to touch it because I want the original feeling of when I win it. So when I saw that title, I'm like, you're going to be mine. And that's the attitude I have. You're going to be mine. And I hope that one day SSW actually brings back the, the, the shows where we actually get the chance to uh, have the titles back, get a chance to, you know, get in front of that crowd on a monthly basis because I miss that. And I really, really want a chance to get my title back. 
As we're doing this interview on Zoom, I notice in the background, I believe that's a Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels photo. Is that correct? Oh, you see that? Yeah, you see that. Okay. Okay. Well, would you like to know the story behind that one? Absolutely. Well, you can't see it, uh, but it's signed by both of them. Nice. Shawn Michaels, to me, is the greatest professional wrestler of all. My personal opinion, we can, I mean, we can sit up, it could be a panel of people, and we can talk about who's the greatest wrestler and reason why. My personal favorite has always been Shawn Michaels. That's why I think the super kick is a homage to, to him. That's always been my, my hero when it comes to wrestling, wrestling. Kurt Angle is uh, third on my list. There's Shawn Michaels, Rock, Kurt Angle, and the list goes on. And Kurt Angle, when I first saw him wrestle, I was just totally impressed. Just all the suplexes. That's why I do the overhead belly to belly suplex, you know, as a, you know, homage to him. So when I first met my wife uh, 15 years ago, you know, I really brought into my world of wrestling. She's a huge geek like me. And, you know, one of the first gifts she ever gave me, and that was, uh, that was actually the second gift. That was for Christmas. She found this guy who goes to different sporting events and he takes pictures of the wrestlers. And he caught this stare down right before the show of WrestleMania the following week. And, he goes back after he produces the picture. He goes back at the wrestler signing and he sells them. And my wife found it and she knew it was one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And she had a frame for me. And there it is. That is really neat. Uh, I've got to meet Kurt a couple of times. Hell of a nice guy. And uh, mm. one of my favorites. Yeah. And Sean. Yeah, I, 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 met him. Yep. I met both of them. I met Sean at a signing and I met Kurt Angle at Blitz. And both of them were just nice guys. Uh, yeah, I have nothing bad to say about them. Yeah, that big uh, 2014 Blitz show where they had pretty much everybody there in Joliet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was one of the shows. Uh, um, that's when I first started getting my feet wet into Blitz. And yeah, that was Blitz was Blitz is going to definitely be one of those those companies that's always going to be uh, my uh, favorite places, if not the favorite place to wrestle. They gave me. So many opportunities, and they made Shogun who he is today. And uh, Bliss is always gonna have like a special spot in my heart because, excuse me, not yet. My dog is like, I need to go out. Give me a second. I'm, I'm being, I'm being on mushy here. Just a few more minutes. <laughs> Just a few more minutes. And Bliss is, uh, Bliss is always gonna have a special place in my heart. Um, when I won, that was another those those two titles, the the No Limit and the Heavyweight Title. Those are two, one of the most beautiful titles ever made. And I remember first seeing the No Limit title, I remember Grand Havoc, and I remember looking at it and saying, one day I'm going to have it. And then, you know, when I won the No Limit, I'm like, where do I go from here? And I saw that blitz, and I'm like, I'm going to have it one day. And those were motivation. And I, to this day, I still can't believe that, you know, the, the opportunity arrives, and I was able to, to conquer those opportunities. And that, that's why that's a special place in my what is your future in wrestling? You're probably getting close to 40 at this point, right? I've, I, I've asked myself that question, too. Um, I'm 38. And I was like, I'm a, no, stop. I'll, be, I'll take care of in a minute. Just jump on. Good dog. <laughs> good, good. Um, I told myself I wasn't gonna if I didn't make it to WWE by 35, I'm done. Here I am. 
What was one of my motivations? So there's been a few. Uh, number one motive. Well, let's go back. One of the motivations was uh, I'm now part owner of Wrestle League and the school, Wrestle League Pro oh, Wrestling School. Okay. Those are one of my motivations why I'm still here. And I couldn't believe that I was going to be, uh, I've always wanted to be a trainer. And I've been a trainer for years, but I didn't know I was going to be like the head coach. Now I'm the head coach. And giving back is one of the main things why I'm still doing this, why I'm still going. The, the, the top one is my wife. My wife is the reason why I didn't quit wrestling. I was ready to quit before Blitz picked me up because nobody would take a look at me. Uh, she was like, be patient. Be patient. It's, your time is coming. Be patient. And Blitz happened. Then, you know, again, um, uh, you know, COVID happened. Things are, you know, going down. And, and I was like, you know, maybe it's just time for me to stop. You know, I'm getting older. Things hurt a lot more. But then once again, the wife was like, yo, you know, we got some things coming up. Why don't you just see what goes, see what happens? And she's definitely one of the main reasons why I still do it. She loves seeing my shows. Uh, she hasn't been to uh, uh, all my shows lately because of uh, uh, she, she started a new job. So she works her weekends. She has a very great, fulfilling job, wonderful job. And she's doing a job where she's giving back to the community as well. So I commend her for that. But she's been definitely my motivation to continue to do more. And right now, I am... Big things might be happening. So let, let's just see what happens. And I'm not going to be too much away, but big things might be happening. Sounds good. Uh, before we let you go, though, um, if you want to share if any social media that you might have, any merchandise you might have, plus any upcoming events you might be going to. So Shogun underscore C.Logan63 uh, on Instagram. Shogun underscore C, C. Logan on Twitter. Uh, right now, merchandise is kind of in a flux. The guy I'm trying to get my stuff from, we kind of had like a miscommunication, but that's coming soon. New t-shirts, new design. I want to work on coffee mugs, hats, stuff like that. Uh, BCW coming up uh, next weekend. Uh, November 7th, uh, Rocket Pro Wrestling. Not mistaken, November 20th is going to be BCW as well. So we got a lot of stuff uh, coming up. And uh, let's see what happens in November. Maybe some good things happen, and we'll go from there. All right, folks. Shogun, Chris Logan, thank you so much for joining us this week on Windy City Slam Podcast. Appreciate having you on. Mike, thank you so much for having me on your show. It was an honor. It was a pleasure. Great conversation with Shogun Chris Logan, a Chicago legend. So glad to have him on the broadcast. And he just has a terrific story of how he got into wrestling, his love for martial arts. He's a guy that just loves the business. And he's a guy that's a great guy outside the ring, too, serving with the Chicago Police Department. All right, so next week. We're going to have a ton of stuff to talk about with Warrior Wrestling Sweet 16, plus some of the other fun Chicagoland events going on in the area this weekend and next weekend. Plus, for the very first time on the podcast, Windy City Slam welcomes Project Monix to the show. He'll be talking about his match against Kylie Ray 
at Freelance Underground sold out final phase. So catch us here next week with Project Monix here on Windy City Slam. So long, everybody.